Warning, the following podcast may contain spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome, everybody, to this issue 37. I can't believe we're at 37 already, man. I know, it's insane. uh, The 37 of DC Primetime from the showcast on the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Next Level Radio Network, from Caffeine Crewcast of Pods, I am Rob Martin. I still don't know how to say that yet. I'm still working on that one. (laughs) Well, you know what? I don't even... I think we could probably just change it to, you know... uh, uh, You know, both since they're both on the Next Level Podcast Network now, we can just say the... uh, the From the Showcast Spotlight and the Caffeine Crewcast Pods. Pretty much. Uh, this makes it easy. It just rolls off the tongue. Exactly. But I am uh, pretty fresh off of a flight home from Atlanta at this point after my weekend at Heroes and Villains Atlanta. Is your brain a little squishy? It is. It's, it's very squishy, especially considering the fact that um, I met a lot of people that I ended up watching on screen on my flight home. Uh, because I, the only show I got to watch over the course of the week was Arrow, and that was Friday night. And that was basically because I wanted to be caught up before my Arrow panel. Uh, just in case there was anything that was going to be brought up, I wanted to know what was happening. And it turned out I didn't really need it. Uh, and then everything else I watched in the airport and on the flight home. So that stuff's fresh in my brain. Arrow, not so much, but we'll, uh, we'll get through it. <laughs> it's okay. Like yeah. I said, I, I we're a day behind, and it feels like I had a crazy long week. So I'm like, half of me today is going to be like, I don't know what's happening. What did we <laughs> just watch this week? Um, so it's okay. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're both kind of in the same spot for different reasons. So, yeah. but uh, um, I don't know how much detail we'll go into it today because we still have five shows to get through. So we might save a little bit for uh, next week. Uh, and then we'll have a lot of audio and such coming up over the course of the next couple weeks as the shows are on break. Uh, we will use it for that. But uh, I had an incredible weekend, man. I met so many of the people from the shows. They were – every one of them was just totally awesome. I told you a little bit about this uh, before we started recording. But I partied my ass off Saturday night, and I partied with Neil McDonough, uh, who, if you don't know, is Damian Dark from Arrow Season 4 and now on Legends. And, dude, he is one of the coolest fucking dudes you will ever meet. He plays a total dick on screen, but he's one of the coolest guys you will ever meet. Well, you know, that's just the way that you start off next time if you uh, happen to be doing anything with him. Um, That's how you introduce him. The biggest dick on screen. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Neil McDonough, the biggest dick on screen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Katie Cassidy, Willa Holland, Paul Blackthorne, David Ramsey. David Ramsey was pretty awesome, too. Uh, of course, Stephen Amell. Matt, I got an interview with Matt Ryan, who you know is Constantine, so we'll have some audio of that a little bit down the road. Uh, I interviewed Sean Gunn from Guardians of the Galaxy. Not DC, but we'll point you in the right direction if you want to hear that audio, too. Um, uh, Rich, um, 
Rich Cosnett from who played Eddie on The Flash. I got a one-on-one interview with him as well as the panel. So a lot of cool stuff that's going to be coming over the course of the next couple of weeks. We're going to share uh, both in podcast form and on the website. But uh, an absolute awesome weekend. And I'm kind of hoping I get to do it again sometime soon. Next big Heroes and Villains is out in Chicago in March. Nice. So hopefully uh, I'll get the invite and we'll get some more stuff out of that and one too. I- yeah, you know, I'm just going to say it now because uh, we haven't even talked about this yet. But um, so my guess is because break is coming up pretty damn soon for a lot of the shows, um, because I don't know how long some of these interview, like, you know, the interviews and the panels are going to be. And we're going to use that to kind of fill out that break time. Uh, I, my guess is I think me and Ben are probably still record a little something. At least it's just getting the news out there because especially at that time uh, time, it's going to be really difficult in case things do hit where we're not going back to doing a normal show. I'm like, okay, we have a month of news to talk about. So yeah, we can I, always record a little five, ten minutes to throw on there, or say a quick hi, and then... And then you know. follow it up with some panel audio. and Right. Yeah, yeah we'll, do, we'll do some news every week, and then what we'll do is we'll just throw the audio from the panels in behind it. But uh, just to let you know the panels you can expect over the next couple of weeks, uh, I did the Arrow panel, uh, the, one of the a couple Arrow panels with uh, Paul Blackthorne, uh, Paul Blackthorne, David Ramsey, Katie Cassidy, Willa Holland, and Charlotte Ross. Uh, I did a flash panel with Rick Cosnett and Robbie Amell in which uh, there is a certain party crasher who joins, uh, who you will know when you listen to the audio. Uh, but on top of that, we're also getting exclusive video and audio from the other Arrow panel, which was Neil McDonough, Echo Cullum, Bex, Taylor, I don't remember her full name. Um, and Amy Gamenic, who played Cupid, and we're also getting the exclusive audio from the Stephen Amell panel and the John Barrowman panel. So we got a lot of exclusive audio that we're going to be, uh, we got like a good five weeks of audio that we're, we're going to be sharing with everybody. So it's going to be pretty cool. I was going to say, I was like, yay, we get a break. But then I was like, yeah, I guess we should still record a little something for you guys. (laughs) But so I just took that away from ourselves, but Hey, it's okay. It's yeah. worth it. Yeah, it's all right. So. You know, and like I said, Matt Ryan interview, Rick Cosnett interview, there's a bunch of stuff. Uh, but we have other business to attend to. This is the main reason why we are recording right now, uh, in which we have five more shows to talk about from this week. Of course, Gotham, Supergirl, The Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow. So let's get into the DC bullet points. No, not the DC bullet points. Um, yeah, no, bullet point. You're right. I was right this time. Oh, Jesus. All right. Brain mush. Blame it on the flight. Con mush. Yes, exactly. And I was going to say, yeah, it's con mush. It's con. It's it's, uh, convention brain mush is what it's called. Uh, But the DC bullet points where we give each of the episodes this week one of a three-point rating scale. Uh, Sidekick, hero, or legend. Starting off with Gotham Season 3, Episode 9. Sidekick, hero, or legend. What do you give this one? I'm going to go hero. Uh, yeah, same with me. I'm I'm in the same boat with the, with that one as well. Uh, Supergirl season two, episode six, sidekick hero or legend? Actually, this week I think I'm gonna go legend. Uh, I, I I was I'm really torn. I was thinking I was almost hero across the board for most shows this week, but I think I'm gonna give this one a legend. Nope, no legend, I'm, but a legend. I'm I was actually halfway through the episode and I knew it was a legend. So. Okay. Um, I'm actually looking forward to talking about this one this week, too. Uh, but next up, we have The Flash, Season 3, Episode 6, Sidekick, Hero, or Legend. Ooh, see, this is the one I was going to struggle with. Um, I, I think I'm going to walk away from this one 
actually a hero. There's some big revelations in this episode that were really awesome in a really couple of other moments. But there's a big misstep that they made in this episode that really pushed it down to the hero territory. Okay, I'm I'm curious what that misstep is because I might not have caught it because you know I'm, I'm just gonna say it right here, Shade. <laughs> oh my god, it's such a good character that they just did nothing with. So, but yeah, that's my reasons on that one. Okay, well, I'm actually going legend on this one. Okay, uh, I thought it was um, a pretty really good episode. Uh, of course, next we have Arrow season five episode seven, sidekick hero or legend. Hmm. Um. You know what? I think Arrow this week is deserving of a legend. Uh, okay, we're, we're definitely on different pages this week because I'm going hero with this. Okay, one. Uh, it's a high hero, but it, um, it, it is hero. And lastly, we have Legends of Tomorrow season two, episode six, sidekick hero or legend. I'm gonna say hero on this one, and I'm going legend. I, okay, I, I love the old west stuff, so I'm I'm on board for it. Yeah, so uh, we're not matching up for the first time in a couple weeks, which is kind of different for us. So I, I did we match up on the first one? I can't remember. Um, for Gotham, because I, I think we both gave that one a hero. Yeah, we both gave that a hero. But everything so. else were different. Yeah. Yeah, everything else were different this week. Uh, but let's move on to the Secret Origins portion then, where we break down each of the episodes and talk a little bit more about them. Starting off with Gotham Season 3, Episode 9, uh, Mad City, The Executioner. Gordon and Bullock become suspicious of Barnes and go through evidence of a murder at Lee and Mario's engagement party. Nigma goes to Penguin when he doesn't hear from Isabella. Ivy leads Selena and Bruce to treble when she reveals her identity. Uh, so, where to start with this one? I'm, I still don't know with everything that's going on with Barnes in this episode. Because it is a pretty prevalent Barnes episode. I don't know because there's still a lot of Ivy stuff too. You know, let's let's tackle Ivy first because that's kind okay. of felt like the smaller story that's going to build to something bigger. I think Barnes kind of feels closed down for a while. Um, but I got to say, at least I, one thing I really got to give credit to, and I unfortunately I don't have IMDb up in, at the time, but I do the the new actress for Ivy. Um, I love uh, the Maggie fact... Ga- Maggie Gaya. I think her name is Gaya. Okay, yeah. okay. So I will say I love the fact that they still treated her as if she is just a teenager like mentally that that was there and i think that was a really awesome smart move it added a little bit of levity and humor to the situation um i think it didn't really feel like it went many places or the things that were in places it did go were very left very much left unanswered but i love the ongoing joke of you know that that you know diamond or that emerald is worth five thousand dollars yes yeah (laughs) one thousand what was the first one like five hundred dollars it was like one thousand dollars two thousand five thousand ten thousand you're an idiot (laughs) yeah but i i liked it because like whenever we've seen her in the past um she never was the never seemed like the very very much the brains of the operation she always was just kind of the one that was getting pushed around and I kind of like that she's just kind of like, I can do whatever I want now. And she still doesn't have the intelligence to back that up. And I like that that actually showed and played. And I think it played very well. So I think this is going to be fun to watch her, uh, especially we know that she's going to be attached uh, and kind of tied to the hip of Bruce for a little while. I think this is going to be fun to kind of watch them play off of each other. So I, I, I give that that kind of storyline very much a yay. Yeah, and, and I want to see if this is something that you picked up on too because it's something I – for sure never picked up on until this episode but for me it was really prevalent in this episode is it just me or is um oh god uh cameron the girl that plays cat in this in in gotham 
Man, I was getting a for sure Michelle Pfeiffer vibe from her off of her portrayal of uh, Catwoman in this episode. I think we're getting that more and more. I, I like that we're kind of getting a nice blend uh, with what she's doing so far. I think she's come a very long way since the show has started. Uh, and I, she's always kind of been one of the standouts. Like, her and David have always been really a ton of fun to watch on screen. And they play off of each other so well. And I think the kids are just having probably the most fun out of everybody on the show. And, uh, yeah, I think they're making this work in a really great way. And I, I'm so happy we finally got back to something with Bruce again. You know, it's kind of like, you know, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's anything major for him to do right now since he's not kind of looking into the Court of Owls. But um, seeing him get screen time again felt good. So, Yeah, and I think next week, I think if I read the synopsis correctly for next week, I think next week is going to be a big Court of Owls episode. Uh, and I think, uh, yeah, and so I think, I think that, that's, that's leading yeah, back th- to that direction. And yeah. I think that's probably because they're leading up to the midseason finale, which hopefully the second half of this season is going to focus more on the Court of Owls than anything else. So they're going to need a little bit more of a lead into that before the end of this um, this first half. Yeah. So, um, But going back to the Barnes thing, I'm still – I don't know whether or not – our prediction of Barnes becoming Solomon Grundy is coming to fruition. Um, I will say you called it a couple weeks ago, uh, maybe even last. Actually, I think it was last week, last week's issue with the uh, the Barnes Judge Dread. Uh, Yo, yeah, he comparison. did it again. He totally did it again. The flat out, the I am the law. Like that's straight out of Dread. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, there's definitely comparisons to that, but I don't know where they're going with it because. You know, Solomon Grundy is a zombie. He is dead. So I don't know. I, I don't know if he is going to be Solomon Grundy or not. I'm, I'm still I think it's still up in the air. Well, I mean, one of the things a lot of people have been bringing up and I kind of after this episode when I was watching it originally, um, everybody kind of brought up. There was that classic character that we saw in the animated series. I think he's popped up in the books every once in a while. It was that third personality of Two-Face, which was the judge. Um and it's that whole judge, jury, executioner kind of thing. And it seems like maybe that's what they're doing with him instead of it having having being attached to Harvey. Um, and you know what? I still kind of hope, though, that they're going to go the next step um, and actually push Barnes into the Grundy territory. I still think it's the wise move. Uh, we know a lot's coming up with Butch soon. I mean, that's still very much on the table. I mean, either or, I, I, it was nice to see Michael Chiklis, but at the same time, I don't know, man. I'm really ready for them to get past all the Tetch, tetch stuff, and that needs to, I think, be kind of pushed aside. Uh, but this was a cool way for them to address uh, Barnes being, uh, you know, always having that doubt in Jim of being the one that actually did kill Galvan last season. And it was nice to see that finally addressed uh, and nail that, you know, Barnes is locked up. That can't be kind of, you know, trudged up anymore. So it seems like, you know, we finally saw Jim move forward where he's like, nope, I'm all about doing this the right way. And I think maybe this is the real start of the classic Jim Gordon. So, yeah, I mean, especially now that the office of captain is is empty, uh, you know, now we could see him move up and start moving up the ranks to the commissioner Gordon that we know. Mm-hmm. So this is this is the good opportunity for that to happen. So it's it, it'd be interesting. But it's funny that you you mentioned Butch uh, too, because God, poor Butch, man, he's getting blamed for shit he didn't do, and he's not even around to like defend himself. 
you know, moving into the whole Oswald enigma story from this one and Isabella, who we do know for sure now is dead. Because you, you did say last week that, you know, it happened off screen, so we don't know for sure. But you know, we, we're pretty sure now at this yeah, point. Yeah, we, we saw a body. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I had a feeling when Nigma was going to confront Oswald, it was going to be Butch that he was going to put the blame on. It yeah. wasn't going to be Oswald because they're not going to turn the two of those guys against each other. At least not yet. Yeah, wait, wait until the midseason break. Um, I think the episode right before break is when we'll get that revelation and then it's open warfare between the two of them in the second half of the season and yeah. that's the right way to do it you know that's perfectly fine i think it's a dumb dumb way that it how and how we're getting there but hey whatever yeah exactly um i i know that you said you're you know the the tech storyline is getting a little stale uh and i agree with you too but i know I don't know if it's this coming week as in tonight, the night that we're recording, or next week before uh, they get ready to take the break. But there is an upcoming episode where that virus, like, outbreaks in the city. Mm-hmm. So it, it's not over yet. And I don't yeah. think it's going to be until the midseason. Yeah, I mean, I think one of those things is, like, when we went back to, you know, Lucius Fox kind of showing what happened to the mice when they're caged up, that they just bust one of the one busted free and kind of just ripped through everything. My guess is that's what we're going to get from uh, Barnes, where he's going to spread the virus throughout Arkham. You have now a whole bunch of crazy people that are all going to get the blood in them and, you know, open warfare for season two. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, all in all, I thought it was it was a decent episode. It wasn't anything spectacular. There was nothing really that happened that that blew me away. We didn't get any Barbara Keene this week. Yeah. Uh, It was our first week off in a while. Yeah, so so uh, obviously we know, but no Butch, no Tabitha, no Barbara this time. So nothing from the Birds of Prey, and or the Sirens, not the Birds of Prey. Um, so I mean, it, it it was a decent episode. I liked the stuff that happened with Barnes, but uh, I'm still curious as to where they're going to go to wrap well, everything up with it. Well, we know we're getting a lot of Butch and Tabitha and Barbara uh, in tonight's episode, so. Um, we'll have something to talk about for uh, when we record uh, next weekend. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, because I think I did. We mention that earlier on next week. There's only three shows that we're going to be covering uh, because Arrow and Legends are both on break for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think that's probably. I don't know if there's anything else about Gotham that's even really worth talking about this week. No, I mean, kind of. It was just the. Uh, it was nice to see Ed kind of. Uh, you know, using his time as working for the GCPD and figuring things out. It was nice to see him put that puzzle together, but it was, uh, you know, it, it's a puzzle to a boring storyline that he's putting together. So, yeah, yeah agreed. Um, but, you know, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing how it all pans out, but I'm just happy that that whole love triangle thing is kind of done. It's not done, but it's kind of done at the same time. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's move on then and talk a little bit more about Supergirl from this week, Season 2, Episode 6, uh, titled Changeling. The Guardian arrives to lend a hand when an alien parasite drains Supergirl of her power. Monel contemplates his motives when he considers a new career, and Alex faces a new reality. Uh, there's a couple things about this episode that I, I really want to dive into. Um, the first one I think is probably the biggest, believe it or not, I... And really, and this is one of the reasons why I gave one of two reasons why I gave this episode a legend. Um, I am really liking the way they are handling the life change with Alex. 
you you see a lot of characters in other shows who have already come out of the closet, and especially you know you've got Sarah on Legends, uh, you know, and you've got Maggie on Supergirl who's already come out. But we're seeing everything going on with Alex. It's actually portraying pretty well what people go through when this happens. So I and they're handling it with kid gloves, but they're handling it completely respectfully. Yeah, and honestly, I think that was one of the things right off the bat. Even if nothing else happened this week and that was the focus from start to finish, I still would have given it a legend because it was that really solid moment that like the well, not moment, but moments that happened all throughout this week. And I think they did it so beautifully. They handled it so with so much care. Um, everything was worded, I think, perfectly. And at no point did it feel like overacting from anybody. And it was really great. I mean, and I love you get that moment where Kara's kind of closed off and it's her processing that moment when Alex is saying, hey, this is who I am. And you're like, Kara's being closed off about this. And I'm, and you're like, I really hope that's not how this goes. Yeah. And I love at the end. It's like, no, it's just it's you didn't want to talk about it and I didn't want to make you upset. And I'm like, I love that bond between them never changed. That was wise, very smart. Uh, especially with what's going on in the world right now. Um, it couldn't have come at a better time, and I think it was fantastic to see it. Yeah, and, and like I said, and I have a friend who uh, has come out of the closet. I'm not going to bring up her name because I don't want to uh, shine any attention to her. Um, but she watched this episode, and she said flat out that this is probably one of the strongest and best episodes because of how they handled it. So for someone who's actually gone through it to say that they handled it well – that's that's pretty respectful to the process that they followed in this episode. So, mm-hmm. but now that that's out of the way, I want to one of the other things I want to talk about because this is something that we've kind of been up in the air about over the past couple of weeks. Let's talk a little bit about Guardian. Yeah, let's do that. Um, I want to know your thoughts because I, I will say it right off the bat because I know you were shaking a little bit more at your core when you found out about this. I'm like, I'm not sure, but you know, what? I'm willing to let them play it off. I liked it. So, how and, about you? And and you know me, we've talked about this before. I was very excited when I found out that Guardian was coming into play, especially once we found out, uh, or at least saw earlier on, that the character who played the, you know, the person who becomes Guardian in the comic books, we've already met in in the show. So I thought, yes, this is a great opportunity that they can bring in Guardian later on. I was skeptical when I heard it was going to be Jimmy, but like you, I said, the show has handled everything else great so far. Uh, I'll give this a shot. I'm glad I did, because I liked it. Yeah, I, I, did, I did too. The moment when the shield came up, you know, when he was fighting Parasite at the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, just chills. It, was, it made me happy. It did. <laughs> and when I saw the shield, I was like, okay, we've got Guardian. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but what I really d- dug more about the Guardian storyline, more than anything else, more than the shield and the costume, uh, I'm really hoping this costume is more still just prototype, uh, you know, because they did say that he needs the suit now. So I don't think the suit is completely finished. I'm hoping that means we're going to get the blue and gold suit a little bit later on down the line. You know, once, once yeah. Win makes more improvements to the suit. And I love the fact that, like, when Kara's trying to look through the suit and it's lead-lined, and I'm like, that's awesome. And that's exactly what I expected it to be. And the fact that they made sure they did it was like, thank you for not being dumb. I was like, this guy's trying to hide his, hide his identity to a Kryptonian. Please be smart about this. 
And when they said it, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I want to give you a hug for not being an idiot. But what I'm really enjoying more than anything else about this storyline, believe it or not, is Win. Yeah. Um, the interaction between him and James with everything going on, like, you know, when James first told him the first time, I need the suit now, and Win standing up and saying, like, you're not ready. The suit's not ready. I'll give you the suit when I, when it's ready. Because if I don't, you're nothing but a cosplayer. Yeah. Like that's... And, it's, and it, he echoed what he said last week is, you were going to go out there and die. I will help you out, but only if it's right. If the time is right and everything is ready and we have a way to protect you. Yeah. And that's it. But I also really loved one of the things that they did was they both addressed, when are we going to tell Kara? Because they're like, well, let's get a handle on this together. Let's keep doing this, but let's figure this out before we go any further. So I have a feeling this is not going to stretch on for a really long period of time of him being quiet about who he is, which I think is wise. I think if they, you know, if they want to make that a reveal in the midseason, I think that's perfectly fine. Uh, That's when she finds out. And it's going to cause a little bit of turmoil, I'm sure. But you know what? I think... The reasoning for why they're keeping it quiet is wise at this point. It's not this, let's do it just to cause drama. I like the direction that they're going and taking it. They're treating it well. It's not the Guardian I expected, but it's a Guardian I'm enjoying. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and, and I'm in the same boat. It's not exactly what I imagined when I heard Guardian is coming in, uh, but I'm liking what they're doing with it, and I'm, and I'm okay with it. I'm very interested to see where they're going to go with it further. Uh, before we jump into the next character I know you want to jump, uh, ju- <laughs> jump right. into, because um, that's the one I want to talk about, too, uh, we kind of have to give good reasoning on why Monel steps up. Um, this being that we got a, another Superman villain and a big one at that. We got Parasite. Yes. And I got to say, because credit where credit is due, the move to you know CW is proving to be the wise place. Because we got, I think, what to, and I got to say at this point in time, is probably the second best CG character out of all these shows next to to King Shark. Okay, um, I, I was going to ask you what you thought about that too, because I'm in complete agreement. I thought they handled Parasite beautifully. Yeah, in this episode, uh, he looked great at first when you first saw a couple shots of him from a distance where he looked a little bit more CG, but the up close shots, man, like he looked great man they did such an awesome job so i'm very very happy to see how well they handled the character we get to see martian manhunter and uh supergirl taken out of the picture early on in the episode we got a nice effect look of them both being drained out very creepy look to it but it it worked everything about parasite in this episode worked they didn't kind of just say hey parasite's running amok that's it we're barely going to use them kind of like another show that we're going to talk about in a few minutes but um it, it worked well. It really worked out great. I want to see this character come back. And you know what? This is a character that is allowed to run rampant over, you know, the DC TV universe. And that being a Superman villain, you know what? It's fine. It's it worked. It worked very well here on Supergirl. And they should make sure to actually if they're going to treat those characters this well, don't be afraid to pull from Superman's rogues gallery. Yeah. I mean, and not only that, too, the other thing I really enjoyed about the fact when they brought in Parasite is, you know, we went from a human being who was infected with this Parasite to the creature that we're all familiar with from, you know, from the comic books and from the cartoons. They put good reasoning behind how he became that way in the show, too. 
you know, he absorbed the you know life force from both Kara and Monel, not Monel, um, John Jones, and they used that as the reasoning as to why he grew to what he became. He, it was a mix of two different alien DNAs that kind of just gave him an overload, and he became what he became. And so, honestly, I got to say too, because I know you're a horror buff like me. A lot of vibe from John, uh, you know, John Carpenter's The Thing in this. I love that it was a, you know, what was it? it they were in Alaska or the Antarctic where they were doing the research. I think on, it was Norway, you know, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. I think yeah. it was Norway. But I love it's a very, you know, snow-covered scape where you have an alien running amok that's taking people out. And I'm like, and it comes out of a dog. And I'm like, that's so awesome. It's The Thing. Yeah, And I'm like, much. that's great. I'm like, and I love that little touch. They handle that, you know, incredibly well. No, agree with you completely on that one um i'd like just as jumping all the way back to the beginning i thought it was a great moment of levity when we see something we didn't think we'd ever see and that's Kara drunk uh for the first because we haven't seen her drunk yet because i don't think it's been really noted that anything could make a kryptonian drunk at least not on earth yeah but they found stuff at the little alien bar which i thought was a kind of a cool touch um, so watching her go drink for drink with, uh, Mon-El, um, was just a fantastic scene. I, the chemistry they have on screen together is great, and it makes me all the happier that they chose not to force a relationship with James and Kara, because this is building up to be something a lot more fun. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think lastly, the, the thing that we need to kind of talk about and almost make predictions on, because we don't know what it means... Uh, but we saw Magan give a blood transfusion to John. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a white Martian giving a blood transfusion to a green Martian. Uh, we don't know what's going to become of this. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like where this is going. It left a lot of questions hanging. But I really love the fact that Magan was kind of like, you don't want me to do this. And, you know, they very much treated it as like, he doesn't have another chance. You have to. The fact that she was still compassionate enough, knowing what the outcome may be. Um, but we know very clear that tonight we're probably going to see the fallout of that. So, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to it. Well, not only that, but tonight's episode, uh, which we'll get to talk about next week, is Cyborg Superman. Yeah, which unfortunately we did find out. I'm going to say it now instead of wait for news. It is Hank Henshaw. So David Harewood is playing double duty. Yes. So, um, um, but I think one of our uh, I think. I think it was maybe Shad that said it on our Facebook page, where it's kind of like, well, we did get two Metallos, so Jeremiah's not out of the picture yet. Yes. And I think that's exactly where my brain's at, too. So, Well, but here's the other thing that I crossed my mind from this week's episode of Supergirl. Now that we're talking about this, I just remembered it. Uh, the last moment of this week's episode is Cadmus taking Monel. Well, before we get there, let's actually talk about Monel a bit this episode, because he had a lot going on for him. Uh, we we saw him step up into the hero role for the first time. Like yes. so, it wasn't just Guardian taking on Parasite, but Monel was the first one to dive into the mix. And in a very awesome moment, like more and more, I see of Chris Wood on the show. I love him. He oh, dude, is... seeing him seeing him catch that SUV to save yeah. that girl, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm in, I'm in for Monel. Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying everything that they're giving us out of that character and it's a very big de- you know departure from that comic book version of him but you know what it's working so well i don't want them to change the direction they've gone um he's proving to be something really fun and really special special in this show um and i gotta applaud him because that moment 
like it was almost a cheering worthy moment. Like, there was a lot of them this week. Uh, and it was just the way that they handled, you know, real life situations. Then, you know, seeing Guardians suited up and then seeing Parasite go full blown for Parasite and then seeing Monel step up. And all these things were so good this week. There was not a bad storyline in the mix at all. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's one of the reasons why I, I this one, I knew about halfway through. Like I said, this was a legend this week. Yeah, between the handling mm-hmm. of Parasite to seeing Guardian for the first time to everything with Alex and Maggie, this was just one a, a super strong episode of Supergirl. Yeah. So, uh, let's move on then to our next show being The Flash, Season 3, Episode 6, titled Shade. Wally starts to have visions of him being Kid Flash, so Barry tells him the truth about his powers in Flashpoint. Meanwhile, the rest of the group finds out about Caitlyn's Killer Frost powers. Um, so, I'm going to kick this off to you, because I know you had a big issue with Shade in yeah, this episode. Um, I think the only reason that, I think if... We didn't get Supergirl this week. I probably would have gave this a legend. But we had so much happen in Supergirl. And it felt like there was less, uh, a smaller amount of plot lines in Flash this week. And we still got a fully fleshed out version of Parasite. And Shade, which is a huge character in the DC Universe. Uh, huge villain. It's got ties to, you know, Starman. Like, J- uh, you know, like Robinson's Starman, which is like one of these iconic books that everybody talks about still to this day. That Shade has had ties to. And they kind of just, they did what they've done a couple times already last season in Flash, and I was really hoping they would be a little bit better about it, like, where we saw, like, Tar Pit last season, where it was, like, four or five scenes, done. You know, he's only there for the purpose of every other story, not because we want to showcase this villain. Uh, And I was really disappointed because I really was excited to see Shade. When I found out they were doing it, I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. And we got two scenes that was done and over with, which if I combine that entire storyline was maybe five minutes of this episode. Um, that really bothered me a lot. Um, and I, I think, again, if we didn't see Supergirl give us so many plot lines and handle them all with such care, um, I wouldn't have had as big of a problem. But it, it, when you compare it to what we saw in a Supergirl, it was hard to give this a legend. Well, I mean, and not only that, too, but I mean, the whole Shade storyline was wrapped up pretty much a good 15 minutes before the episode was even over. Yeah, I mean, that's I think that's why it felt like they're rushing. They felt like they really rushed that storyline through this episode. I think I would have made a lot of different calls as far as the editing. Um, I mean, I think what we got with Caitlin's stuff was really good, but it went on a little longer than I think it needed to when you could have focused on, you know, maybe causing some more turmoil um, with the shade stuff and flash building up 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 that rogues gallery even more uh, and playing that up. but unfortunately, you know, we, we got a lot of unnecessary um, drama. And I think Daniel Panabaker did fine. Uh, but I do think there was a couple episodes we got out of her in this episode that weren't her as strong of a quality that we've seen from her in the show already. Um, she seemed like she kind of overacted a couple scenes that felt a little eye-rolly. And, I mean, I absolutely adore her on the show. I think she's been a great she's been a great part of this cast since it started. But I think they they overdid a couple of uh, spots, and especially I think it's shining a little bit more the way that Tom Cavanaugh is playing his character. It works when you have one person doing it, but when you get a really overly strong reaction for things, I think it causes you, you see it a little bit more. That spotlight's already been cast in the scene that when somebody else does it, it feels like you're just chewing scenery at that point. Okay, so. 
Yeah, I can I can kind of see that. See, mm-hmm. I I was actually enjoying a little bit more the everything that was happening with Danielle Panabaker and and Caitlin this episode because now we're getting more into the Killer Frost storyline. Everybody knows about it now, and I really liked seeing. And I, I unfortunately now because we've saw it in Cisco's vibe, I don't think it's something we're going to see actually play out. Or I could be wrong, and it actually will. But the quick vibe of the battle between Vibe and Killer Frost. Uh, that will be tomorrow night's episode, buddy. <laughs> it will be tomorrow night. Is is to, is this week Killer Frost? Yes, it is. The, the Kevin Smith directed episode. Mm-hmm. But do we know that that's actually going to play out? Uh, there are more videos out there of a fight between Vibe and Killer Frost that are not in the vibe the the vibe look. So it looks like we're gonna get a full on fight uh, tomorrow night. All right, so. well then I stand corrected. So um, I will say this. And this is something that I had talked about last week. And it's something that you even kind of pointed out to me. Giving it a little more time, HR is starting to grow on me. I had a feeling. This week, uh, he definitely grew on me a little bit more than last week. I I only gave him the one episode because that's all we really got of him. Uh, But this week, he's... Kavanaugh's version this week uh, of if HR is is starting to grow, so I, I'm I have a feeling that I'll be okay with HR, and then knowing the way this show goes, uh, we won't have HR anymore. <laughs> well, <laughs> it'll be another version of Wells. Um, but I want to see if you picked up on this. I'm sure you did, as I'm sure some of our listeners did. I think we now know where Gorilla City is. Uh, yeah, very much from Earth-19. Yes. Yeah. We now know where Gorilla City is in the multiverse, and it is on Earth-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when they mention Gorilla Grodd, uh, and HR says, uh, you know, you have sentient monkeys here, or Caitlin asks him, you have senti- sentient monkeys on your Earth, and he's like, oh, many. Yeah. You know, so we've gotten that hint that, and I think we've been told we were going to see Gorilla City this season. Uh, I think now we know how. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a high chance that we'll get a visit in the second half of the season to Earth-19, which I think is a great move. Um, I love that we're going to see – we're exploring more and more of the multiverse. Uh, we're, we're seeing Earth-3 already. Uh, you know, we saw Earth-2 last season, and uh, we saw many Earths when they were hunting for a new Wells. So – or at least the Wells from different Earths. Yes. So I, I'm looking forward to them playing with that concept more and more. Yeah. And I got to agree. I, it's funny because our, our – background show in the around the house right now is uh we're, we're re-watching scrubs and uh i just watched an episode with uh dan dorian played by tom cavanaugh um just the other night and i'm like oh my god it is hr i was not wrong about this it's totally <laughs> dead on no yeah you pretty much called that so but yeah i'm, I'm still loving cavanaugh and oh god i hope i get to meet him at a con one day oh my god he, he honestly you know what you can just view it as a life goal Michael Ian Black, Tom Cavanaugh, and eating snacks with them. Yes, exactly. <laughs> eating snacks with Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh would be amazing. Uh, I would love to host a panel of that. Just a live <laughs> episode of Mike and Tom eat snacks. There you go. And that's pretty much it. Uh, however, uh, one more thing I know I have to mention before, before we wrap up with The Flash, and then we'll see if there's anything else. Oh, two more things. I think now... Actually, there's a couple things. It's all coming back to me. We we still got a lot to talk about. There's still a lot to talk about. Um, I will say that I think we're getting a little too obvious. 
because we called this last week. We talked about this last week and that we would like to see Julian not be uh, alchemy. And I think I think it's leaning more towards that way because, you know, the whole line this week where, oh, what, where's Julian? Oh, he never came into work today. Strange coincidence. He never came into work on the day that you get a lead on where alchemy is. Right. That's a little too obvious. I don't even think the flash writers are that obvious about things. So I think the obvious poke at that means that Julian is not alchemy. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, though, at the same time. Think about season one and season two. Every time your gut said they're not going to do that, and they did. They they did it with uh, Tom Cavanaugh being a reverse Flash. They did it when we're like, Jake Garrick's going to be Zoom. And, like, they did. And I'm really hoping um, that that's not going to be the case. I really hope it's not going to be the case that it's going to be Julian. Because they threw a lot of red herrings at you that are like, hey, this totally is it. And then they steer you away. And I'm like, nope, your first thought was right. Um, I really don't want him to be alchemy as well. Um, and I'm hoping that they're going to be smarter than that. Because as much as I still loved Kavanaugh as Reverse Flash and seeing uh, Teddy Sears' Zoom, I don't want to be feeling like our first gut call two episodes into the season is that's our big bad. Um, I want them to stretch that on more and more and more. I want to be left guessing. And I really hope that we're going to be left guessing. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read a message that we got on our Facebook page. I don't know if you saw this or not, uh, but one of our listeners, James, left this on our message. Uh, this is an interesting theory that he has. He says, what if, whilst we're all waiting for Julian to be revealed as alchemy in a disappointing twist we could all see coming, he was really a speedster from another Earth? What if he was the original Wally West drawn to Earth 1 by Barry messing with the timeline, uh, much like Jay was in Episode 2? with the broken cup scene uh this would tie more into a wally west focus season give it uh give it connections to the comics new rebirth series and explain the csi similarities to barry's character as well as the conflict between them as he keeps the world's flash under supervision that could be a possibility um my guess is in all honesty and I'm hoping, I think he's just going to be an average Joe, and I kind of hope he is. Somebody kind of to fill that Rick Costnett role that we had in season one. Um, that's really what I want to see with him, because again, you even brought it up last week, where we're seeing so many members now of Team Flash all coming to having powers. Uh, very soon, it's just going to be HR, Iris, and Joe, and that's it. And I think having him potentially be somebody that knows Barry is the Flash, but... Uh, you know, is just willing to help them out. But the one thing that kind of bummed me out, and I'm happy you brought up Julian, was we thought we got some real big momentum with him in last week's episode. And he was like, what? We went out for one drink. We're not mates. And and I was just like, really? Don't take that step backwards. I want to see them, kind, like, you know, him be a little leery still about things, but give him a little something. Um, yeah. I want to see them build that. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that, too. I was like, when I heard that, when he said that to Barry, he's like, you know, oh, we're not mates. I was like, oh, frown. You know, that's kind of sad because we were excited with the way the episode ended last week with the moment between the two of them. Yeah, because it makes you like Julian. Um, And for them to kind of renege that kind of deal kind of is disappointing. Um, I want to see them at least get back to that. I know we're going to see a lot more in the Killer Frost episode with Tom Felton. and I want to see how that plays up. So, yeah, uh, I'm in agreement with you on that one, too. Um, I will say one more thing before we get into the ending, because I know we still have that big 
reveal. Uh, there's still one big moment that happened at the end of this episode that we have to talk about. Uh, but uh, we do our line of the week. This episode has my runner-up for line of the week. It was my original line of the week until we watched one of the other later episodes that we'll talk about later. Uh, but my line of the week was the Cisco line. And I have to pull it up just so I make sure I get it right because I... Again, I, I wrote it to myself so I didn't forget it because I was on the plane. Uh, but it was Cisco saying, do you think everyone on Earth-19 is missing crayons in the box or just him? So it I think a, it's just him. <laughs> it, it, it's a typical Cisco line, but I, I absolutely love it. And I love when he's talking to Caitlin about HR and he's like, you know, we got the first Wells who was evil. We got the second Wells who was kind of dickish but not as evil. And, you know, now he's talking about HR. So... Uh, that was my runner-up for line of the week this week. Yeah. But the uh, final moment. Yeah, Michael Bay's Transformers invades the Flash. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad I'm not the only one who thought that. Yeah, I did not like Savitar's look, man. I gotta be honest. And I mean, I, I'm not a fan of how he looks in the comics either, but at least the comic version looked better. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the Savitar look. And actually... Again, another reason all that hero for me. The moment that I'm like, there's a speedster, and I thought I'd be excited about it, and I'm like, again. And I, I really hoped I wasn't going to think that way. But I kind of walked out of this as like, we've had so many villain speedsters. Focus on alchemy. So, yeah, there's that. Yeah, no, I'm in agreement. He looks a little bit too much like uh, um, Megatron yeah. from from transformers so i i i'm glad i'm not the only one he's i was kind of hoping when we were going to see savitar it was going to be you know like almost like the rival or barry like it was a human form and i i don't like the idea of it being completely cgi i understand i I understand why they're doing it because you know there's the whole element that barry could see him because savitar is the god of speed and nobody else can see him so i kind of understand why they're doing it it makes it play out easier than pretending there's not a person in the scene when there is one yeah, it's a nice twist. It's a nice twist on the Savitar character. I think that that's going to work. Um, but I do hope that he's kind of the underling to alchemy and not the other way around. Yeah, exactly. So um, so moving on to Arrow? or uh, Actually, you else? know, real, real quick, I got to bring it up because um, there's one thing I didn't think about. And uh, TJ, who has been on the show, he was here last night. We were doing a tabletop game. And uh, he was just... He brought up a thought to me that I'd, I would be kind of excited if it was actually maybe the truth of this. But uh, what if Alchemy and Savitar are not the big bads of the season and Killer Frost is? Kind of an almost a la Buffy season six where we have evil, evil Willow, you know. Um, where would you stand if that was the case? I think it would be interesting. Um, It would definitely add a new element to the big bad because, you know, with the big bads of the past seasons, it's somebody they just have to stop at all costs. But this time Mm -hmm. around, if Killer Frost is the big bad, it's not just stopping the big bad at all frost at at all frost uh, (laughs) at, at all costs anymore. They're saving their friend at the same time. Yeah. Um, so I think I think if that were the case, that would definitely add a new element to the big bad this season. And I wouldn't mind that at all. Mm-hmm. I think um, that would be kind of cool. I don't think they would do it, honestly, but uh, I think it would be kind of awesome if they did. Um, I, I really think that would be a great way. I mean, we even brought it up last week. If Caitlin's out of the picture for a while and Julian's got to be the one that steps up kind of in that, you know, doctoral role uh, for the team, I think that could be really cool to see. Um, 
you know, again, I feel like we're gonna just end up clashing again with uh you know, a speedster villain at the end, but ultimately there's not a lot of speedster villains left for them. They've already used the rival, we've used Zoom, we've used reverse flash. Not they're not gonna go to us and say, here's one of the different reverse flashes, you know. Um I, I think if this is still our big bad, I think this is gonna be the last time we see a uh a evil um speedster for quite some time. Yeah. I mean, I mean there's always Black Flash too. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna make him a big bad of a season. I think I, I think if they made that mis- I don't think they'll make that mistake a fourth time. Um, I really hope they don't, and I really hope that we get to a season where it's like here's the rogues. The rogues have just are fully formed up now, and they are a constant thorn in Barry's side. I think again, I think that's the right call, and I hope that's where they're going to go in season four. Yeah, yeah, I think so too, I, and I hope that's the way they go as well. Uh, all right, moving on now to Arrow Season 5, Episode 7, titled Vigilante. Oliver discovers there's a new vigilante in Star City when the bodies of two criminals are dropped at the SCPD. In flashbacks, Oliver faces Constantine Kovar. Um, first off, I want to say that Dolph Lundgren was brilliant. Oh, yeah, that's episode. the first thing I was going to lead with, too, man. Um, I'm loving him as the bad guy in the background of all this. And I love the twisted nature of the Bratva and the way that storyline's playing off. It's it's now feeling like it's a fun story, even if it doesn't feel tied to much at the moment. It's been engaging. Yes. Uh, where the last couple ones have not felt that way at all. Like, when we had the stuff with the island, it, it was fun to watch. It was a good story, and I think they got it right this time. I think that story that we're seeing in the background play out continues to be fun to watch. No, I agree with you completely, and um, it's something that came up at Heroes and Villains this week and that Steven did confirm that this is the final season for flashbacks. This is the last season we're going to get of flashbacks, uh, but the show is definitely going to continue. They don't know what direction they're going after this, whether it's going to be flash forwards or or, or just no flashes at all. Uh, but this, if this is going to be the last season for flashbacks, I'm enjoying what the flashbacks are actually bringing to the show this year. Yeah, it feels like they're going to go out with a bang. And I think that's a, a good way to do it. Uh, yeah, I'm exactly. really happy with it. Uh, and you're right. Uh, Dolph Lundgren has been great. Uh, he, he's playing it. And the way he's playing it has been fun. He's not some brute. I love the fact that he's a smart character. But I love at the same time when you watch him fight, you're like, it's Ivan Drago. This is kind of awesome, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it's agreed. very, got, very much got that Rocky vibe to it when you're watching him fight. And it, it's working. It's really, really working. Yeah, and, and like you said, too, I like what they're doing with the flashbacks now in that now there's kind of a twist to the Bratva. Yeah. Uh, you know, we don't know if the Bratva is legit as we were led to believe, you know, for the first couple episodes of this show or of this season. Uh, you know, because now we find out that, you know, there's deals going down with Constantine and Oliver is stuck in the middle of all of it. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm very and I'm now intrigued by these flashbacks because now I want to know is like, OK, what the hell's really going on with the Bratva? Yeah. And, and like I said, again, uh, keep as long as they keep doing what they do, I, I'm going to be more than happy with all of that direction. It's perfectly fine. We know by the end of the season when that's all wrapped up in Russia, he's going to end back in Lian Yu because he has to. Um, but I'm wondering how long it's going to take by the time we get there. So, um, hopefully they don't say, Hey, we're, we're wrapped up in the, the Russia stuff and we're going to be back on Lian Yu for the last like half of the season, uh, which I think would be a massive mistake, but 
uh, I hope they keep this the men- momentum of this going as much as they have. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but jumping into the actual present day on the show, you know, there's a couple things worth mentioning. And I think jumping right into Vigilante is is a good starting point for this. What are your thoughts on how they're handling the character? Uh, they're playing Adrian Chase perfectly. Um, I was kind of worried on how they were going to handle that. I love that they the costume looks great. It's a nice mixture of the old classic suit with a little bit of Deathstroke in there, uh, but it, it's it's working. The Predator vision's a nice little touch. But I love the fact that he is what Oliver was in Season 1. So you're dealing with Prometheus, who has basically stalked Oliver through his four years back and now is into his fifth year. Um, that's going after all the things he's done. And now he's dealing with somebody directly that is what he was in Season 1. So it plays off really nicely with the whole Prometheus angle. Um, it, it's another side of this where he's dealing with his past um completely i think that's what the season's dealing with in a great way um you know we kind of said the season felt like the tone of this was going to be a legacy it's leaving a mark but i think we're seeing as ollie's trying to leave his new mark for star city this season he's really being kind of haunted by the things he the way he was the hood like you saw it with the team last week we saw it with the way that Prometheus is taking him down. You're now seeing it with a new vigilante that's looking at what the Hood did, not what Green Arrow did. And I think that's actually playing out in a really good way. I really think that direction is going to work well. And I love the fact that they did not take Chase out. And that's going to be kind of the thorn in Oliver his side when he's trying to deal with the, the, the larger threat. And I think this could actually create some really interesting conflict. Yeah, I, I do too. I think it's a, it's a nice... I don't want to say side story, even though it is a side story. Saying it, calling it a side story sometimes doesn't give it the credit that it's due. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think with everything going on now with uh, with Prometheus, and now he's got to figure out, he has enough on his plate already trying to figure out who Prometheus is and how Prometheus knows who he is. But now he's got Vigilante to deal with too. Uh, and you, I think you put it perfectly by calling him a thorn in his side. Like this is something that's just going to constantly, he's going to get in his way anytime he tries to figure this out. Yeah, and, and anytime he gets a step closer to Prometheus, Vigilante is somebody who can kind of screw that up for him a little bit, even unintentionally. He's not doing it intentionally, but he's just going to keep getting in the way. Uh, and I do love the fact that the team's kind of like, maybe we should just let him do what he's doing. And I love that Ollie immediately called them out on the hypocrisy of that. Of like, you gave me shit for being a serial killer. And now you're saying, let this guy do this. And I love that he called them out. Um I mean, it almost felt like it was unnecessary for them to have them say that line, but still, um, it worked. Like I said, I do love the fact that you're seeing an Oliver that's a lot smarter about his thought process, and it's starting to be a lot more open, so. Yeah. Uh, Switching gears a little bit over more towards the Prometheus end of everything, we now know that the ending of last week's episode, which was kind of a shocker to at least myself, uh, we do know for sure was a red herring in that Quentin Lance is not Prometheus. We kind of arrows, arrows learning. They're not dragging stuff on. <laughs> yeah, because we got closure of that already in this week's episode. Uh, in that, you know, they t- t- talking to Thea, he realizes that this is something they're trying to frame him for this, and he's leaving this stuff behind. Uh, but I also like the fact that I, I, I'm liking more and more the interaction between Thea and Quentin. It's definitely a father-daughter relationship. Um, and cheap plug, this topic does come up during the Arrow panel that I had with these guys. Uh, but 
you know, I'm loving the father-daughter relationship with him, even to the fact that Thea is now able to get Quentin to go to rehab by the end of this episode. So hopefully we're going to see a new and improved almost, or at least just clean Quentin. Because uh, I'm kind of thinking we might be wrapped up with Quentin for at least until the season comes back. Uh, um, I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I think so. Uh, I'm going to, you know, what? actually, while we're on that topic, actually just go into what what they talked about a little bit during that panel, because, I mean, this is fresh insight to an episode that just happened. So what, while you go up with that, I'm going to check on something really quickly as far as a note I had. Because okay. I have a feeling when he's going to come back into play big time. Okay, but yeah, because I mean, at least in, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion right now, is that uh, I'd like to see him in the 100th episode, which we know is part of the four-part crossover. But I don't know if Quentin really has a place in that. Uh, so knowing that there's no Arrow this week and next week, the following week is the four-part crossover, also the 100th episode, also the, season, the mid-season finale... Um, I just don't know if there's going to be a place for Quentin, so I think we might not see him until uh, the show's return. Uh, my guess is that episode will be episode 10 slash episode 11. Uh, so we're not far off, far off from it at all. So we're going to have Invasion, episode 9, and episode 10. Uh, major things shake up at the end of that episode. Episode 11, uh, Quentin, I'm sure, will be a major, major factor in that. I'm assuming it probably has something to do with the character who we believe is dead. Yes, All because right. IMDb made a mistake. Oh, really? Yes, and if I think we've already had it there. Um, and if anybody's been on our Facebook page, I jokingly, in the middle of the week last week, I was just kind of like, you know, I, I made a little, you know, comment saying, looks at blank whiteboard at, at, at work thinks about classic Rip Hunter and then said, I may have a photo I have to put up on our page in a couple of days, which I did actually do, which was uh, a nice chalkboard uh, draw- drawing that kind of was a nod to the old school Rip Hunter stuff that we got to see pre uh, Flashpoint where he was making notations about things that may or may not come to pass. And uh, one of the big things I had on there was Black Canary Returns question mark. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> Yeah, I did see that picture that you posted uh, so. at, at the same time. And can I just say, too, this is something that will come up on the panel, and I, I hate going back to it, but I'm still – it's still no, it's, the brain. It, it's actually a good time to bring this stuff up. Um, I made a critical error in one of my questions in that I asked the entire panel, what has been your favorite, favorite moments or things about Season 5 as of yet? Uh, knowing full well that Charlotte has not been on the season so far and completely forgetting that we have not seen Laurel come back yet. So uh, we knew that Laurel was going to come back. So I, I kind of had that in my head. So I knew Katie was coming back, but I kind of didn't think about that when I asked the question. So I kind of felt like a dumbass a little bit when I asked that question to the panel because only three out of the five of them could answer it. Hey, you know what? Every once in a while, somebody slips up and you're like, I got it. I got the exclusive, you know? <laughs> so Yeah, and I, 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 maybe that was part of it as I was kind of hoping to get some, <laughs> something out of it. Uh, but she even she's, she played it very safe and said, you know, I, I don't know what I can say. There's really not much I can. Yeah, um, so which is fine. I mean, I'm, everybody knows that you know Katie Cassidy, 
can't bring things up. We know she has her contract where she'll be appearing in multiple ways. The big question for everybody at this point is because it's no secret because if anybody's upset that they're hearing us bring this up on this show, there's a big warning in the beginning of our show that says spoilers, you know. This show is a spoiler-related show. And, yeah, we usually try to avoid what's coming down the road. But this has been out there for months now. And, I mean, like, almost two or three months, even before the season really got underway. By, like, episode two, this knowledge has been out there. And if you follow any of the sites that we do, such as comicbook.com, comicbookmovie.com, comicbookresources, any of these places, there has been so many posts about this. If you follow Arrow on Reddit... That's been one of the most talked about things there, too. So, yeah. And I, um, I, I will say one more thing about the panel, uh, and then I'll let it go. If you, there is an article up on comicbook.com actually about the panel that I, that I moderated, uh, in which a lot of things came out. And Rob, I know you, you read the article. Uh, but for those of you that didn't, just something to look forward to when you watch the footage of this panel, which I'll post on YouTube sometime over the next, hopefully by the end of the week, um, there is a Willa Holland audience member dance off. <laughs> that happens yeah, I, during the panel. That's fantastic. And you know what? Like I said, I will say, while that video will be up for you guys to watch, uh, if you listen to the show and you like content from the show, don't watch it yet. Yeah. Listen to it first, then watch it. Because well, it's I've... not going to be long from now before you'll uh, you'll you'll hear that. So yes, exactly. So it'll probably be one of the first things we're going to post. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, so uh, actually, you know, what? because we're on the topic of it anyway. Um, dance before off? we. Uh, no, not the dance. Oh. Well, we could, we could do a dance off. <laughs> We're doing this over mics together, so we don't have our video up. But all it's going to be is us dancing in chairs, which I don't know how exciting it's going to be. Um, but actually, out of curiosity, because of the topic of Laurel's upcoming return, and I'll still leave it as question mark, uh, even though I'm pretty damn sure or 99.9 percent sure she is indeed coming back. Um, and I'm sure that's exactly how you feel, if not at 100. Um, yeah. So I want your prediction. Flashpoint Ugh. Flashpoint is the cause, or is it because of Legends of Tomorrow and the changed fate of Damien Dark? I'm, you know what, between those two, I initially was believing it was Flashpoint, but with everything that's been happening with Legends lately, especially with Damien Dark being on there, I'm thinking more now it's Legends related. I am too. Um, and to be completely honest with you, I, I, I think I like that idea better. Because I don't want to see every single thing that happens changes due to Flashpoint. I, I'm actually liking the fact that, hey, here's another big change. But guess what? It's This one's not due to Flashpoint. The legends have something to do with it this time. So I'm, yeah. I'm thinking more and more it has something to do with Sarah and Damien on Legends. Yeah, I, I think that's very much the case. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, aside from that, like I said, we, we talked about Adrian Chase uh you know, and his turn as vigilante, which you didn't even see in the show say, hey, this is uh, Adrian Chase is vigilante. Uh, they kind of left it for you to put it together yourself. Um, so what did you think of, I got to say, because we did talk about, you know, the Quentin and Thea stuff. How about Oliver's new girl? When do you think that's going to fall on its head where she's going to be like, he has ties to the Bratva? Do you I... think that's got to be by midseason? You know what? I'm very curious about that because I I thought about that this week, believe it or not, in that I don't know when that's going to play out. Basically because of the fact that now we don't even know what's going on with the Bratva. So I, I don't know. At Before, I thought it would come up sooner than later because we thought we knew exactly what the Bratva was. 
Now we don't know. So I don't know if it's possible for them to even kind of bring it up and tie it to Oliver because we don't even know what it is yet. Yeah. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a little bit later. I don't think that's going to turn itself on Oliver just yet. Okay. Um, you know, I guess the other side story we got is we got a lot more of uh, Diggle and um, Wild Dog together, him and Renee, uh, and their bond continuing to grow, which has been really fun to watch. Uh, I loved watching Diggle have somebody else to play off of aside from just Oliver. Um, and I think that's becoming kind of almost like a father-son kind of dynamic between the two of them, um, especially with the way we see this episode wrap up. Yes. Um, but before we go to that, I also want to say that when it comes to the, you know, the wild dog in Renee Diggle story, um, man, how much did you love the whole bringing John Jr. down to them so they could celebrate his birthday? I thought that was really cute. Very, very touching. Um, you know, and, and, and when Renee turns to him and says, that's what friends do. Yeah. You know, like, and, I thought that was awesome. And I, I know I think John Ramsey did talk about that during your panel of uh, I think somebody asked the question, who do you like? Who do you like better? Baby John or baby Sarah? Yeah. So and uh, yeah. I and David he, David Ramsey does talk a little bit about um, about, you know, the difference between Sarah and JJ. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that does come up in the panel as well. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, one of the things I'm really happy they're going to bring up because this is just this is the first time we see John Jr. on screen. But. We do know um, that during the crossover uh, that this is going to be addressed as Barry is responsible for that being a John Jr., not a Sarah. So that's going to be brought up. And I believe Barry is going to be bringing that up, Um, that everything that's happening that's going to be dealing with invasion probably has very close ties to Flashpoint. And I think um, that's going to be interesting watching the reactions that all those characters deal with this. So Uh, while we're on the topic of dig over reactions um just a quick little blurb about the video that came out of i'm sold dude <laughs> i'm convinced like that yeah, i'm convinced yeah. dude i died i was because <laughs> that was one thing we've always been curious about is how diggle would react to seeing supergirl and when she just hovers and burns her logo into the floor and he just looks stone-faced it's just like i'm convinced I do. I yep. lost it. I, I was like, "Yes, that is what I. That was what I was waiting for." Um. So yeah. So I'm. I was excited. I had. I figured I had to bring that up at some point. Oh yeah. Too. Uh, but I think the only other thing worth mentioning is the final moment of ah, this episode. And I want to hear you talk about this because I saw this one coming. You did. I did. Okay. So obviously, as we find out, there is a traitor in the midst. There is a spy working for. Uh, you know, as part of Green Arrow, but this person is also working for Prometheus. And it turns out it is Artemis. And I didn't see it coming at all. I didn't see Evelyn being a, a traitor at all. So I'm curious, what made you see this coming? I've watched Young Justice. Uh, okay. That, that, somebody, that's a... somebody here who has watched some of Young Justice didn't <laughs> get it. But you never, that means you never even finished season one. No, 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 guilty as charged. You didn't. You got to remember, an Artemis uh, is the daughter of a uh, sportsmaster in season one of Young Justice. So she is the one that's kind of relaying some information about the team to sportsmaster and it's kind of letting him get away 
uh, every once in a while in some of their their fights, and it's a big kind of crisis of conscience be- that she's dealing with. And uh, for when they were kind of like somebody on the team, and I'm like, oh, it's Evelyn. I didn't even put this together. I'm like, duh, Artemis. Was, of course she is. And then when they did it at the end of the episode, I'm like, oh yeah, see, there, there's the reasons why. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't assume that this is you know Prometheus's daughter. More than likely not, but. Um, yeah, see this. I saw this one coming, and I'm not surprised. And I'm happy that they went in this, this direction. I think that's that's great. Um, and it actually kind of reminded me because when I was going back and listening to previous episodes, when I was like, I'm really happy they're doing different things with McGann uh, in um, Supergirl. I'm like, wait a second, no, she was a white Martian in that show too. And I'm like, what am I talking about? So yeah, but anyway, um, I'm really really happy that they they chose to go this direction. Having Evelyn betray them, kind of rings true to that character and that means that she's probably gonna have a redemption story come at some point uh the question is how long this goes on for and we know that um more than likely i guess probably it sounds like they're gonna start going after the team episode by episode from things that we've seen from upcoming synopsises after the crossover so a lot of people look like they're going to be kind of on the chopping block not getting killed off but targeted by prometheus and now we know why so yeah how long do we think it's going to be before we find out the, the identity of Prometheus? I think it's going to be sometime relatively soon. Um, I don't know if it's going to be at the mid-season break. I think they may hold that one for a bit. I think we're going to see Ollie and Prometheus square off, but I don't think that we're going to see who is under that mask for some time now. Um, I, I do think we might find out that Artemis is the traitor might be the big uh, revelation at the end of the season, or mid-season, but... Well, the, but the mid-season, though, is Invasion, though, isn't it? No. No. There's still got, another week after Invasion? Well, you got to remember, Invasion's only episode eight. Um, and the show this season has 23 episodes this season. So I keep saying, and, I, I, and I'm surprised you haven't corrected me on it, because I was saying earlier in the episode, in this issue that the Invasion was, the four-part crossover was the mid-season finale. Uh, no, I don't, I, I think it's, it's going to be, uh, I think... It's not even a full break yet. I mean, we're going to get Invasion, and then uh, Episode 9 is What We Leave Behind, which is episode which is airing on December 7th. Then we have a bit of a gap, and it looks like uh, Episode 10 is coming January 18th. So Okay, all right. So I was, I was a little off. And so, yeah, <laughs> usually mid-season news, we're, we're talking like they cut the season down the middle. So I'm kind of wondering how this is playing off because invasions kind of earlier in the season, I think that we all anticipated. So I'm, I'm not quite sure they would do a mid season. Uh, I mean, we're getting a mid season break um, after the episode after invasion, but it's not like a mid season finale really. Cause we're still fairly early on, but a lot's been happening already, which is kind of insane to think about on how much has happened in all of our shows so far. Um, and we're not even halfway through the seasons yet, so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so moving on. Yes, to, yes. To our final show of the week then, which is Legends of Tomorrow, season two, episode six, titled Outlaw Country. The legend. Wait, 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 wait. we do have to go back. Why did you give it a hero? Instead of legend? Yeah, kind of curious. Um, I don't know, you know, and I think what it really was, was the fact that I watched the episode before, I watched the episode Friday night, because as I had mentioned, I watched it because I wanted to be caught up uh, with everything Arrow before my Arrow panel. Um, But to be completely honest with you, like, 
by the end of the arrow panel and throughout the the weekend when it came time to watch everything else there just really wasn't any with the exception of artemis at the end there really just wasn't anything memorable to okay. me about the episode oh fair enough fair enough that's that's all i needed to know all right now you can get back to your synopsis all right i was, <laughs> I, was just, I was personally curious and i forgot to ask you before we moved on so. and and i don't want that to say that i to mean that it was a forgettable episode it just there was nothing that happened in that episode with the exception of Artemis and the the acting of Dolph Lundgren that really just froze in my head. You know, like going back and thinking about this episode, because I mentioned this to you before we started recording in that I watched Arrow on Friday. I don't remember much of it, but it'll come back to me as we're talking about it. And that's exactly what happened. So the fact that it, it was a lot of stuff that I just didn't that just didn't stick with me, I didn't feel like it deserved a legend this week. Fair. So uh, but getting back to Legends of Tomorrow, Season 2, Episode 6, Outlaw Country. The legends find Jonah Hex in trouble with his arch nemesis, Quentin Turnbull, when they arrive in the Old West. Uh, I thought, I gave this one a legend, because just like with Jonah Hex last season, I love westerns. I love western stuff. And I thought there were just so many fun moments in this, from interactions between Ray and Nate to uh you know sarah uh you know pretty much taking charge again becoming you know a female outlaw to everything with mick and vixen in the bar and just mick being in his total natural element as an outlaw uh i just thought there were so many fun things about this episode and believe it or not i thought one of the weakest moments the weakest parts of this episode was jonah hex i wished we got more of him yeah i actually that's kind of where i stood is like we're getting the same things we've gotten from these cast members since pretty much every episode, but it ne- never felt like there was anything new that came out of it with the exception of what we got at the very tail end of what Ray does for uh, Nate. Um, it felt like a, a lot of rehash on a lot of things. I mean, it's just kind of like, hey, Sarah is a woman and the captain. Yeah, we kind of dealt with this in the zombie episode. So when that was kind of brought up again when she's dealing with Hex, it was kind of like, okay, you know, we felt like we already addressed this, but if you want to do it again, that's fine, because, hey, Jonah Hex. But, yeah, then I was looking at Jonah Hex to be just, you know, amazing from start to finish. But, again, as you said, it didn't feel like we got a lot of him. Yeah, I th- I think the... I think the more... The more part... The better part of this episode was the interaction between the team, and Jonah was kind of just a background character in this one yeah. this time. Um, but I will say, we now know... That because we've seen the images in Entertainment Weekly and stuff that uh, that Ray is going to have a new Adam suit by the four part crossover, and now we know how that's exactly going to happen. Is they found more dwarf star armor in this one, and not only is Ray going to be working on a new Adam suit, but as you just mentioned, Steel now has a costume and it's made of dwarf star. Yeah, which is kind of awesome. I mean, and it, it, it's a very close look to the Citizen Steel suit, which honestly I was very happy with. I mean, very, uh, very much liberties here and there, but you know what? I think it's gonna look good. I can't wait to see it in action during invasion. Um, but yeah, it, it was. It, I love the dynamic between the two of them. I'm kind of sad that we're not seeing as much of Ray and Mick together because I love them together even more. But um, yeah, this was a really fun watch. I mean, this show has proved even on a what feels like a throwaway episode because not a lot happened here, no, with the exception really. of setting up invasion for them at the end of the episode, but. We got no motion forward as far as Barry Allen's message from 2056. 
no further thoughts on where Rip is. Like, that actually hasn't even been brought up for episodes now. Uh, with the, well, they brought it up here. It's kind of like, where is he? And they're like, we don't know. And that was it. They just kind of let it be. Um, but nothing felt like it moved as much forward with the exception of, here's the aberration. We're going to deal with it. Felt very much like a throwaway. Jonah Hex felt, sadly, like a throwaway. Um, and yeah, it was cool to see them throw, like, hey, look, it's Jonah Hex and Quentin Turnbull, kind of his kind of arch nemesis. But again, it, they felt like they could have done so much more with this. And the most we got from this episode that's forward building is here is a ton of the door star element, like an obscene amount now that they can play with. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of curious on how that's all going to play out. It's a big wait and see, but we barely even got anything about the random time pirate that showed up in the beginning of the episode. Right. Like, well, he's dead. We're like, well, who was he? Is he just a time pirate? And it, it, that's left completely untouched. Um, and that kind of drove me up the wall. I'm like, you set up another time traveler that was getting ready to cause an aberration that was killed and never even questioned where he came from and why he was there. Uh, yeah, and it that, almost seemed like he was a throwaway, too. Yeah, it, it just felt like there was so much thrown away with this episode. And I would, if I was giving this show ratings based on char- you know character interactions, this show would get a legend every week because they're proving time and time again that this cast just gelled like the new members and the old members just work together so well the writing's been so good but nothing moved forward this episode and i was so bummed about it because i was like we're going back to the old west we're getting more jonah this is going to be great and I, this was the episode for me out of this week that probably if i was giving it a number rating probably would have been on my my lowest end even over gotham oh, so okay um, I want to jump back to your ripped your uh, your rip uh, comment from a little bit earlier, and that like they kind of throw it away, and we haven't heard anything about that in you know a couple weeks. Uh, I'm kind of okay with that, and the reason behind that is if you mention every week that Rip is missing, when he finally does appear, it's not as much of a surprise. But if you if you kind of write these episodes and you go through these episodes to the point where you focus on other things and you make the audience forget that Rip is not even there, when Rip finally appears again, it's a big, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot Rip hasn't been there. I think yeah, it's a no, bigger, it's true. I think it's a bigger surprise when you don't focus on it every week. Because if you focus on it every week, if you if it's kind of like the, hey, I'm a barista thing. If, if you, you know, by, you know, by a couple weeks in, it's like, okay, we get it. You're a barista. You know, it's like, okay, we get it. Rip's not there. You got to find him. And when you finally find him, it's like, yay, finally, you found him. But now, you know, you don't mention it for weeks on end. So when it finally happens, which I'm still predicting, I think is going to be at the end of this crossover. That's my prediction. Um, Because I think then there's going to be a bigger element that they're going to have to focus on and Rip's going to have to help them. Yeah. Uh, So I think that at the end of this whole invasion storyline, at the end of the Legends part, the fourth part, I think Rip is going to return. That's yeah. my prediction. No, that's fair. I mean, I think the only reason I kind of bring it up is, like, they never, ever even went to go look for him, though, which kind of felt odd to me. And that's the one, if I'm, you know, splitting hairs, it's, uh, that's something you kind of expect from them. It's like, one of our team is missing the way that they care about each other so much that they've never even tried to, like, well, how do we find him? Is Rip okay? Is he alive? This is a person that was our captain. They just kind of moved on very quickly. And I'm kind of surprised that we haven't even gotten anything from it because the last time we got anything from it was the first episode. Um, 
So well, I was I mean, kind of, yeah, but I mean, I mean to, to be fair, they did say that they have no idea they can't track him. So where would you even begin with that, though? Oh, I know. I, it's just that it's just I think it's again, it, this is me splitting hairs. It's the fact that. Yeah, you know, we're not talking about bringing it up every week, but the fact that we're now how many episodes in and this is the first time it's touched at all since the first episode um, felt kind of like an oversight because when they brought it up, I'm like, yeah, where is Rip? Like, why haven't you guys brought this up at all? I haven't even thought about it. I mean, I, I haven't thought about it because I've been enjoying the show so much, but it's just one of those things is I, I, I hope that that thread isn't lost too long. Obviously, it's not it's going to be lost during invasion because there's a bigger threat. And, you know, the whole idea of what all the things they're trying to do is the bigger threat at hand. Um, but I'm surprised that's that's not a background story in the mix where we saw a lot of background stories last season. Some of them that were detriments to the show, some of them that weren't. But um, it's been very focused on the mission and the mission only. And I'm kind of surprised that it hasn't felt like it's been building to anything larger with the exception of what we're seeing with uh, uh, the Legion of Doom building up. Which is fine because it's building to your big bad, but I'm surprised that hasn't come up yet. So, okay, uh, I think the other thing that we've kind of neglected to mention, though, there is one thing that does that is beginning to happen at least in this episode, uh, and we don't know what's causing it yet, but we do know that it seems like time is being rewritten for Stein. Uh, we don't know at what point in history this is happening, but he's starting to remember a new woman in his life, and he even admits that he thinks he's in love with her. He's never met her before. Mm-hmm. So at some point in history, something has changed, and history's kind of being rewritten for him. Yeah, more than likely he is no, marri- uh, no longer married to Clarissa, and I'm wondering if he has a son now, too, or a son or a daughter, uh, maybe uh, when everything is rewritten. So that's a possibility in my mind. Yeah. Um, I'm going to wrap up this conversation. I don't know if you have anything else to touch on with Legends. Uh, But I'm going to wrap up with this one thought in that the final line of this episode was in fact... And the quote of the week, yeah. (laughs) Yes, is in fact both Rob and I's line of the week in that it literally, I'm telling you, up until that point, that Cisco line from The Flash was my line of the week because it made me laugh the most. But this line literally gave me chills and i was like fuck yes like that is that when you get a reaction like that that's the line of the week and it's when sarah comes in to ray and nate and says our friends back in 2016 they need our help it's like fuck yes invasion is happening yeah i was like it's on (laughs) yeah exactly it's like all right this is it it sucks that it's two weeks away but it's happening. Oh, and I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm stoked. And I are we still on track for having our guest join us? I will check on that again this week. Okay. Um, during this week, uh, it, it, I'm right now. It's a little tricky for me. I'm, I apologize for the flood of news stories that hit today. I started a new position at my job today, uh, so I'm going through a lot of courses at the moment that are eating a lot of my time. So. Um, I haven't had a chance to reach back out to the person that we're talking about, um, but I will try to get a clear answer before we record next week um, or this week, actually. Uh, so that way we can we can put plan B hopefully into action. So, yes, so we'll, we'll and, st- and we can make some kind of announcement as to who, yeah, whether I'm, it's plan A or plan B that's going to be joining us right. for, for that episode. I know because that's going to be a big week to talk about. Oh, so, yeah. 
I've already had one of our other previous guests already ask, can I please be on for that week, which was TJ. <laughs> and I'm like, well, we have plan A and plan B. You're plan C, and I hate to put it to you that way, but the other two, you know, yeah. what? Yeah, they're, 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 uh, they're people that should be there for this. So. I, I'm just going to say, uh, and this kind of give hints as to who plan A and plan, plan, uh, well, plan now, B. Well, let's not even do that, just no? in okay. case, because I All don't right. want to get any hopes up on anything. Okay. So, all right. Uh, no hints. Then you heard it from Rob. You're all screwed. You gotta wait. So if you find out next <laughs> week, or if we say, "Hey, this is who's joining us next week," if it's Plan C and D, then hey, it's Plan C and D, and you will not be any of the wiser. So <laughs> that's true. It that's makes true. us keep, still look like professionals somewhat. <laughs> well, they already know who Plan C is now. Then they'll go to Plan D, and I'm like, "Sorry, buddy, this person uh, was yep. Plan B." <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, all right, so I guess with that being said, I think that pretty much wraps up our breakdowns of the episodes this yeah. week. Uh, so let's move forward and get one step closer to wrapping up this issue, and let's hit this week's uh, DC Essentials, where we talk about news and recommendations. So, Rob, I'll turn it over to you. Lots to cover tonight, so I'm going to do this quick. Um, so, real fast. Uh, Gotham's Robin Lord Taylor addresses the relationship between the Penguin and Riddler, and this was at Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, it was about a week ago. Um, and there's actually, I'm just going to say this, head over to Facebook.com slash DC Primetime. You skim down quite a ways. Um, there is a really good video up of how he kind of dealt with this. And um, to kind of sum this up really quickly, he says, so this is what I'll say. He's not gay, Taylor began. Uh I find him to be a very emotionally fractured person, emotionally vulnerable. And after the loss of both his mother and his father, coincidentally both dying in his arms, the only people he's ever loved and trusted, the person who was there who gave him respect and really was there for him was Edward. I truly believe that if it was Barbara, Tabitha, or Butch, it would have been the same outcome. And I don't think it matters if they were male or female. I think it's the way that that character is wired, uh, it, and it would become an obsession. So I was I think it was a very classy way to handle that and to the people that may not be happy with it and the people that are happy with it. But I think that actually fits really well with the way that characters portrayed so far in that show. So, yeah, I would agree with that. That was a, it's a good answer to, to a question like that. Yeah. Uh, so one of the other things that happened last week um, before uh, the Comic-Con uh, that Ben was at as uh, Stephen Amell was attacked by a fan who wanted, quote unquote, to fight the Green Arrow. Um, so he was, uh, Steven was, uh, about a week ago walking through a parking lot and a guy came up to me and head butted him square in the face and said, I want to fight the green arrow. Uh, which Amel, his response was he paused, looked at the guy, shook his hand and said, no, thank you. Cause I'm a father and a husband. And yes. then, uh, that was kind of awesome. Uh, I think handled amazingly well by Amel. but, um, and, and the best part about it is too, at heroes and villains this week, he didn't bring it up. He didn't. Or I don't know if he brought it up during his panel because I didn't get to see everything. But he promised everybody he was going to be a man about this, and he was not going to wear makeup over his black eye because he did have a shiner this weekend. Yeah, from that headbutt. So, but yeah, like I said, Amel always classy. So I love the way that he handled it, even though you get some pretty crazed people out there fan wise. So, um, and as far as because we were talking about invasion, uh, there is a great little teaser up out there it's on uh the facebook page as well which is the one that we say uh where we get to see diggle's reaction to supergirl uh, it's her arriving yep <laughs> so if you haven't got a chance to check that out there's also a lot of really good pictures out there now too where you can actually get shots of the dominators so the aliens that we're going to be dealing with 
and they look really accurate too. So very happy to see. There's also some good shots where you're getting to see Steel fully suited up as well. So a uh, lot to be excited about, but also uh, just and well worth watching that video again. I can't stress enough. So definitely make sure you get over there and do that. Um, and because we're on that topic, uh, we do now have the synopsis for all four parts. So should we read them out, Ben? Yes, no. Um, I, I say I'm going to say yes, because like our listeners who are listening to this right now who may not have known what the synopsis are, uh, I have not had a chance to read them yet. So I am curious. OK, well, I will I will do this the best as I can. Then. So starting off with night one, bear in mind only the tail end of this is uh, invasion related. So I'll just skip ahead in Supergirl. Uh, the epic superhero cro- uh, crossover kicks off tonight when Barry Allen and Cisco Ramon seek Kara's help with an alien invasion on their Earth. So that is all we get aside from the Night of Confessions episode uh, that kicks off where we see the return of, oh my god, Helen Slater. Helen Slater will be returning to Supergirl in that night. So, uh, And we kind of we knew that that was going to be what the case was with the invasion storyline, is that it was going to be the tail end of Supergirl. So yeah. they, they've said there wasn't going to be much right. in the Supergirl episode as far as that goes. Yeah, they pretty much said it's really a three-night event with a kind of a stinger on Supergirl. So, yeah. uh, so that is on uh, November 28th. Uh, jumping into these... First real episode, which is on Flash, which is Flash Season 3, Episode 8, titled Invasion. Uh, when aliens called the Dominators attack Central City, Barry speeds over to Star City to ask the Green Arrow for help in stopping them. Realizing the battle against the Dominators is bigger than they thought, they track down the Legends of Tomorrow, and Barry and Cisco create a breach to bring back a secret weapon, Supergirl. Once all of the super friends are assembled, they come up with a plan of, uh, to attack, but a shocking secret related to Flashpoint is revealed, and suddenly no one is sure who they can trust. Meanwhile, Wally wants to join the battle against the aliens, but Iris tells him he's not ready. So, and heading into episode two of Invasion over on Arrow, season five, episode number eight, also titled Invasion. Arrow celebrates 100 episodes, and the epic superhero showdown crossover continues. Oliver wakes up to a life where he never got uh, on the Queen's Gambit. Uh, Robert and more Queen are alive and well. Laura is his loving fiance, and their wedding is imminent. Everything seems perfect. But Oliver starts to notice small imperfections that make him question this new reality. Meanwhile, Felicity and the recruits take on a new threat with help from The Flash and Supergirl. And James Bamford will be directing that episode as well. So, And last but not least is Invasion Comes to an End in Legends of Tomorrow Season 2 Episode 7. After learning the Dominator's plan for the world, the Legends must work together with The Flash, Supergirl, and Green Arrow to kill them once and for all. Meanwhile, Stein figures out, with the help of others, how the team can terminate the Dominators, but is distracted by the aberration he realizes he created in 1987. So that Hmm. is our full synopsis for what is to come. So Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just stoked. I really can't really put anything else into words about it. I just, you, it's again, it's one of these things that, when until a couple years ago when did we ever believe we would see stuff like this on television yeah like, I know. come to life on television and now because of all these different shows we finally you know we saw a flash on television and we see the legends on television 
And now we're seeing an, a, a hugely popular DC storyline coming to fucking life. Yeah, it's pretty damn cool. It's really kind of impressive. So I'm really excited to see how it's going to play out. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. But I love the fact that every episode still is dealing with the rest of the cast as well on their own stories that they're they're in the mix of as the larger threat is happening. So I think it's a nice way to get this to balance out. Um, but moving yeah. on it really quick uh, as far as Flash News is concerned, uh, tomorrow night we'll actually be seeing a new member join the cast, that being Greg Grunberg from Lost, uh, Heroes, and Star Wars The Force Awakens. Um, and we know Greg is actually going to be playing uh, the character by the name of uh, Tom Patterson, uh, who sounds like a new character, not uh, somebody established in DC Comics. But uh, he is going to be playing basically a gruff stalwart figure uh, at Central City Police, uh, and he's very unwavering in his commitment to protecting Central City from the dangerous methods that threaten it. My guess is we'll maybe see maybe uh, Greg's character and Tom Felton's character maybe build some form of uh, bond or friendship potentially. So it's kind of a wait and see, but it's kind of cool to see uh, Greg actually joining the cast uh, in the recurring role. So. Uh, as far as uh, Legion of Doom is concerned in Legends of Tomorrow, we do know Season 2, Episode number 8, the next member of the Legion of Doom will be unveiled, that being Malcolm Merlin, so it sounds like they're definitely saving the best for last. Um, well, we haven't seen Captain Cold yet. Well, that's why I said they're saving the best for last. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love John Berriman and all, but... Uh, yeah, Captain Cold, we know, is going to be the one everybody's dying to see. Oh, so. yeah, we, we can't wait to see Snark come back. Uh, jumping over to the film universe real quick, uh, Ray Fisher has shared a little bit of his inspiration for his version of uh, Vic Stone's Cyborg. Um, and that being uh, actually coming from the old uh, Cartoon Network series of uh, the original Teen Titans uh, show. And all I got to say about that is booyah. So. <laughs> um, also, this was also, and so everybody knows, that happened at Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, where Gal Gadot was also there as well, and she talked a little bit about her experience about putting on the Wonder Woman costume for the first time. And as she kind of quickly puts it, is uh, when she saw it, she was like, that looks amazing and was kind of in awe. And uh, when she tried it on, she didn't say anything. Apparently it was excruciatingly tight. So, and this was right after she was cast. So she says, nowadays, thankfully, it fit a lot better. Um, But also as well, DC All Access had a uh, a little tease uh, just last week. Uh, with the arrival of a new Justice League tra- uh, trailer is on its way, my guess is we're going to see that probably pretty soon, maybe in the next week or two. Uh, my guess is maybe that could be potentially attached to Rogue One, uh, is my personal guess. So uh, I would say get ready for a new trailer soon. Uh, also on the topic of Justice League, uh, very unexpectedly, uh, it sounds like not all of the cast that we anticipated was uh, announced. One of the major things, and this sounds like it's going to be more of a cameo role than anything else, but it sounds like if all thoughts are to be considered, a Green Lantern Corps member will be indeed seen in Justice League in a very key sequence. And in addition to that, which is already super exciting, Darkseid's presence will indeed loom large in Justice League. In the film's prologue, very specifically, as he's dealing with the new gods, ancient Amazonians, the uh, Atlanteans and uh, some prehistoric humans fighting him off the earth. So very kind of curious to see how that plays out. But it sounds like we will indeed see Darkseid's presence in the film. And I'm really now curious to see which Green Lantern is the one that we may see. I am too. That's, I'm definitely excited about that. Um, 
that was what we forgot to talk about in Legends. They did open the damn box, and it wasn't Alan Scott's ring. That maybe also give it a hero. So sorry. <laughs> remind me. Remind me what was in it. I don't uh, remember. It, they didn't know. It was uh, like it was. They thought maybe potentially it was a kind of a random totem or something, but they weren't sure what it was. Oh, but it, for some reason I must have missed that. Yeah, it was in the very beginning of the episode, and it sounded like that's what they got. So. Oh, okay. So, whatever. <laughs> um. But uh, Ezra Miller also talked a little bit, too, about uh, the Flash film as well, uh, saying that when we see Barry, his powers are still very much starting off, and we will not be seeing him in those kind of kingdom-come levels where he is so lightning quick that he's able to protect most of the Earth, not just Central City. Uh, And jumping out into the animated universe real quick, last week we also got a trailer for Justice League Dark, which looks absolutely fantastic, but we will see not just the Justice League Dark, but also them joining up with the Justice League that we've already seen in these animated feature films. So it sounds like uh, John Constantine will be the reason why they pull together the team of Supernaturals. Hey, on on that note... Um, again, I hate going to it. Uh, it's okay. I feel like I'm bragging. Uh, I got to talk to Matt Ryan about Justice League Dark this weekend uh, and what his thoughts were on taking the the, uh, the role of uh, Constantine again for that role. So I'm uh, I'm excited for people to hear that interview. It's only about like five minutes long, but I'm excited for people to hear my uh, my interview with Matt Ryan about Constantine. Cool. Uh, real quick as well, uh, we do know now, like I said, obviously Suicide Squad's extended cut is out there in the wild already. Uh, you can buy it on VOD. It'll be available mid-December, uh, right before, I think about a week or two weeks before Christmas, on Blu-ray and DVD. Uh, and if you head over to our Facebook page, I have a link over there to ScreenRant.com that has got a full breakdown of all the sequences that are different. I'm hearing from a lot of people, they add a lot of really good Joker Harley Quinn stuff. And some other really nice small side stuff that kind of fleshes out a char- the characters a little bit. Uh, I heard it's not anything massively drastic, but you do get to see some really great se- uh, sequences. And uh, I heard Jai Courtney gets a lot more uh, quips and one-liners in there. So I'm really looking forward to watching that soon. Um, heading over to the video game realm real quick as we wrap news up. Ed Boon has teased surprise guest characters for Injustice 2. There was two different uh, sets of people up on his Twitter account he wanted people to vote on, uh, some of them being Mortal Kombat characters. He was asking people to uh, who they would like to see guest star into the game. Also, the other side of that was uh, comic book characters. Uh, the comic book characters he put up in the selection choices, let me see if I can find that really quick, was Hellboy, the the Terminator, and Spawn. And last but not least, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, the Mortal Kombat characters people were voting on was Sub-Zero, Johnny Cage, Raiden, and Jax. In the original Injustice game, uh, we did see Scorpion as a guest character. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see a good chunk of them as uh, season pass characters as a potential addition to the roster. So, And last story is also my recommendation for the week, but... Um, st- Telltale Games has proven that they actually can hit their actual goals of getting one episode of Batman the Telltale series out every month. And it feels like I just wrapped up the last one just the other weeks, but episode four of Telltale's Batman series comes out tomorrow. So if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this today, that means Tuesday, November 22nd, the fourth episode is out. So I highly recommend you get out there and play the Guardian of Gotham. I got to play three. So, and uh, I guess it's just your recommendation, and we're going to get out of here. 
Uh, cool. Well, my recommendation is fairly simple. It's going to be pretty much just to keep an eye on the Facebook page, DC, uh, DC, facebook.com slash DC Primetime, and the Next Level website and Facebook pages, nextlevelradioonline.com and facebook.com slash nextlevelradioonline. Uh, just keep an eye out for these sites for, uh, you know, for pictures posted, for videos posted, for, uh, you know, for things like that. Uh, just everything that came out of the, um, uh, the Heroes and Villains Con experience that I had this weekend. Actually, I posted, I think, a little video teaser. I was behind the scenes. Uh, I was backstage at John Berriman's panel, and I think I posted like a quick 30-second video of the television screen, and then I kind of, uh, just to show everybody I was back, I was behind the stage, behind the scenes, I kind of peeked around and showed everybody a little clip of John from behind the scene. Uh, from behind the set, uh, and I th- I know I posted pictures of uh, me with Paul Blackthorne and everybody after the panels, and me with Rick Cosnett too. So just keep an eye on the Facebook pages and the websites to, uh, you know, to to see some additional stuff pop up over the next couple of days. And something that's really cool, uh, a friend of ours through the network, and just both personally too, uh, Brian Roll from Odyssey Art. Uh, is a guy. He's a celebrity artist now. He's not a vendor. He is a celebrity artist. He is an artist that they invite to all of these because his artwork is amazing. I finally bought a couple pieces from him myself this weekend, and I spoke with Brian while we were at the con. Uh, He is going to set us up with an original piece of artwork signed and done by him. So uh, hopefully in the beginning of the year, we're going to do another giveaway with you will get an original piece from him dc related autographed by him and we'll um we'll figure out a way to do it but i know in according and i know one thing brian and i agreed on is that in order to be eligible for this you are going to have to follow both dc primetime next level on facebook and brian on facebook uh so and so if you're not already like the Next Level Facebook page, the DC Primetime Facebook page, and just search for Odyssey Art on Facebook and like that as well, and you'll already be ahead of the game. So I got a question. Am I eligible? <laughs> uh, I No, because we, we, we technically are employees. I, I don't care. I don't get paid Well, that's this. true. Well, that's, that's true. So then in that case, since, no, yes, I'm, since I'm we don't kidding. get I'm paid. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'll, you know, I'll post some pictures of the artwork that I got from him this weekend too, just so you can see what he, uh, what he can do. Cause his artwork is amazing. Like I got, I immediately found a reverse flash piece of artwork that I was like, yep, that's the one I'm getting. And then I got another Barry Allen one to go with it. And I wanted a zoom one so that I had all three, but he didn't have a zoom one made. Um, and he does different. He does new artwork all the time. So don't be surprised if you see some artwork that comes out of this four-part crossover, you know, with the legends and everything. So even just go to his, just go to Odyssey Art on Facebook. Search for Odyssey Art on Facebook. Like his page, just because the art, just the artwork that he does is amazing, and it's awesome that he's going to give us a piece to to do some kind of contest with a little bit later on. Very cool. Um, all right. Well, I, uh, I guess I'll do my my wrap up real quick, and then you can wrap things up. Uh, first things first. Uh, special thanks to George Shaw at George Shaw Music. Uh, we thank him every week for his intro and outro tunes that you get to hear. Uh, you can always find me as well. Again, nextlevelradioonline.com. Uh, if you look at the shows tab, check out uh, Kathy and Crew Cast Pods. I think right now there, there's still only one episode up there, but the RSS feed I think has ten. <laughs> it's the really God. I gotta get on that. Yep, I it's really, all good. really do. You've been a busy guy. Yeah, that, you're, yeah. That's a second trip in one week, buddy. I, I totally understand. 
But uh, I think RSS feed has the last 10 episodes there. Um, and you'll see our little tentacle logo um, and the little uh, – if you search Caffeine Crew in your podcast app, uh, you'll see the little Next Level brand up in the upper left-hand corner. That means you have found the right RSS feed. So just subscribe to that one. Check that out. We'll be recording uh, our next episode, I believe, actually uh, a week from today, so the 28th. And uh, that will yeah. be up quickly after. So. All right. Uh, yeah. And uh, again, you know, just search for the, you know, caffeine crew and DC primetime in the showcast all on next level radio online.com. Of course, check out our Facebook page, which we mentioned earlier, facebook.com slash DC primetime. You can follow me on Twitter at NXT level radio. Anytime I go to these events, I'm always posting stuff on there. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I think that about wraps it up for, uh, for this week. Yep. Next week, uh, I'll try to get through Batman, and then we'll have three episodes to talk about, and uh, then you guys can enjoy your turkey day. Yes, exactly. Well, no, you can enjoy your turkey day this week. So you'll enjoy some leftovers when you listen to Yes, enjoy leftovers when you're talking about it. But on that note, everybody, of course, we thank you for listening, as you always do. Thank you for your support. Feel free to post and comment on the Facebook page, as we always try and comment back, as well as we do. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Have a great and safe, happy Thanksgiving. Uh, And we will see you guys around the bend. Take care. Gobble, gobble.